With the flesh of Yargoth safely peeled from the obelisk of Myrnog and wrapped as always intended around the quivering larval form of Piltrosk, spawn of the God King, the unspeakable denizens of Theta G14 can finally go on their company retreat. I envy the gutter snipes, the transcosmic s'mores, and throbbing mind weenies they will no doubt roast. In other news, the transient exiles have successfully unearthed their keys and are... Oh, lords above! Uh, we interrupt this broadcast to go live to the Miss Zenith pageant. Aspen, can you hear me? What's going on down there, Aspen? Hit the bloodbath, Warren! We're looking at six powerful performers at the peak of pulchritude, pummeling each other over an as-yet-undisclosed prize. In retrospect, this outcome seems kind of obvious. A neon diameter is strangling Cory with her future sight divination dress, but the decadent devilus is way into it. I think Cyrinx has disappeared, but it's hard to tell. Zorn and Nanael are playing laser tennis, but the net is the terrified audience they seem to be arguing over who gets to kill or subjugate them first. And it would seem Dog has discovered the craft services table and has made his way through most of the sandwich platter. The Zenith Guard are nowhere to be seen, and with the vast majority of adventurers either on missions or not currently accepting quests, I think we're on our own. Sit tight, Aspen. The authorities are on their way. Uh-oh. This is no time for uh-ohs, Aspen. What's going on? Cyrinx didn't vanish. She's manifested as a snarling beast of yore, some nightmarish embodiment of the hunt, in an absolutely stunning nightgown, and she's looking right at me. Sorry, Warren, gotta go. Let's see if my combat magic is still up to snuff. Aspen? Aspen? We'll be right back after these messages. Your friend Penny lies on the floor, unconscious, slowly turning to gold. Iavos, you see this from afar, and it is your turn. Iavos grits his... Both unconscious, ribs shattered, and now transmuting to solid metal. You sick little bastard! You'll pay! You'll pay for all of them! He says, taking the mining manifest out of his pocket, looking at each of the names on it, and the piece of paper splits into a hundred pieces, each name its own shrapnel. And using a spell secret, he transmutes the paper into flame, hurling a flyleaf of fire at the golem, each name cutting deep with the white-hot fire of revenge. I need a dexterity saving throw from this big pile of metal. He's going to roll an eight. That is a fail. And this is a third level flyleaf of fire. Yes, please. Uh, 26 fire damage to the golem. Mm. He's going to take 13. Oh, no. I thought soft gold would be not good for metal heat, but is in fact okay good. Well, the golden nuggets that make up his torso and shoulders and arms do begin to melt. Mm. It looks as though now the majority of his body is made of molten gold. And burning my own point of personal glory and out of desperation seeking to glory from the party fund, he's going to cast 
a healing word on Penny. Uh, second level. Awaken! You are healed for nine hit points. While I don't want you to experience getting turned to gold, you're at two death saves, and I have to stop that immediately. That, at least, takes away those death saves. Penny's eyes fly open. She's no longer holding onto her weapons. They lay on the floor. And as she looks down at the spreading gold from her arm and her shoulder, she begins to scream. At the end of my turn, I lose resistance to force damage. Okay. We are now at the top of the round. Gaspar, it is your turn. After seeing the devastating hit that Penny took from the Golem, Gaspar knows that it's no longer time to hide in the outskirts of battle. He vaults over the chest he's hiding behind, leaps onto what's left of the mound of gold, slides down it with poise drawn as a saber. He will move and dash as a cunning action to get towards Avarice. Still using the momentum of sliding down the gold mound, he's going to grab onto Wuxia's leg to divert the direction of his energy. Effectively swinging around the pole, going to make a swooping strike, trying to bisect Avarice. You just use a peg leg as a stripper pole? Because that's a baller move. That's kind of what I'm trying to say without saying it. (laughs) That is a 21 to hit. 21 will hit. That is 26 points of damage again. Oh my God. Okay. And from the pain that he's inflicting on Avarice's soul, also swinging on Wuxia's peg leg is Nepet, who materializes and then almost has too much momentum. He makes two, three, four loops and then launches towards the Goldum. <laughs> dive bombing into it with his signature dagger stabbing this thing where its liver would be. Now it's just a livery. <laughs> <laughs> right in the livery for nine points of necrotic damage to a golem. That makes it the bad guy's turn. Boo. The golem will go first and use. He will use an ability called Redistribute Wealth. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Bowser Revolution. (laughs) (laughs) Trickle down these nuts. (laughs) It seems as though sections of his body become smaller and one of his fists becomes much, much larger. Mm. He then aims his fist at Wuxia and Gaspar. Both of you need to make a strength saving throw. Oh, I'm good at that one. You're blessed. Wuxia gets 24 total. Wuxia gets 24. Good, good, good. I'm somewhere around there too. Natural one. Okay. (laughs) All right, great. So Wuxia, you are going to take 11 bludgeoning damage. Ow. Gaspar, you're going to take 22 bludgeoning damage and be knocked back 10 feet. It looks as though you are standing right in front of a stalagmite. So you'll probably only be pushed back about three to five feet, but you will take an additional amount of bludgeoning damage as you are shoved into that stalactite for another six bludgeoning damage as the wealth 
shoves you off of your feet back into the stone. Hey, hold up there, Gaspar. I mean, that instantly bloodied me. That's got to be play of the game right there. <laughs> <laughs> Calling it early. <laughs> oh, I apologize. Redistributed health. Because part of him is liquid gold after having taken fire damage, his ability Svelte Smelt kicks in. <laughs> Gaspar, you will take an additional four fire damage. Ah. And Wusha, you will take an additional two fire damage. Because I took elemental damage, I am going to surge the power of the sea around me and its ability to swallow and take anything that's thrown at it. I'm going to use my reaction to cast Absorb Elements. I'm going to take one fire damage, and my next melee attack is going to do an extra d6 fire damage. That's very cool for you. Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> Thank God you reduced that two to a one. <laughs> that would have been a game changer. Ain't got all wusha yet. Okay, with that, you will see Aphris disappear in front of you. Don't like that. And if you'd like to roll a... Perception check? Can. You don't have to. I'm going to roll out my uh, perception. I get a 21. With the 21 perception, you can make a attack of opportunity at disadvantage. I use my reaction. Yeah. To absorb. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so I cannot do that. But doesn't Hunter's Mark also let you know where a target is while they're Hunter's Mark? Yes, it does. Not to, not to, it's not going to give you an attack of opportunity, but you will keep track of where he is. Right. Okay, great. You're right. That's what it gives uh, instead of Hex. Even better. With that, you know without a doubt that this halfling is walking up the ladder and on the platform making a break for the door. Oh, no, he's not. And it's your turn. Sweet. <laughs> Snapping his attention up. Wusha takes his spear up into his hands and says, not so quick, and is going to toss his spear toward the area that he knows the invisible halfling is near. Um, I have disadvantage because I can't see him also because that thing is right next to me. But I rolled a 19 and a 20, so fuck that guy. <laughs> oh my god. So that is a, oh, hold on. I have bless. Does a 27 hit? A 27 will hit. Fuck yeah. So that is D6 for spear, D6 for hunter's mark, a D6 for absorb elements, and D8 for colossus slayer. Sweet Jesus. Fuck this guy. I'm, is the halfling a colossus? Colossus slayer triggers when something isn't at full HP. I just really like the idea that this thing is a colossal He's a colossal yeah. asshole. Yeah. A Thank you. <laughs> and now he's going to have a colossal gash hole. <laughs> 17 damage to him. Not a lot considering the number of dice. It's true. There were some ones in there. You know that you hit him and you know that you hit some vital organs. You also know that he is limping. There's one thing I know. It's the squish of a liver. <laughs> I'm going to use my bonus action, manifest my chains, and try to pull him right back toward me. All right. Go for it. So we're going to have to make opposed athletics checks. He is no longer hex, so he doesn't have disadvantage. But Usha gets a 17. He rolled an 18. Oh, all right. All right. So strong. I'm going to call the spear back to me, and I'm going to throw it at him again. Please do. Not so good that time. 
How's a 12 sound? A 12 will miss. Hey. If you want, you have one point of personal glory to re-roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want that dick to get away. You're right. 12 being a miss, Wuxia is going to remember what the crowd sounds like cheering for him. Uh, and he's going to try to re-roll that. Probably not going to hit, but a 16 total. A 16 will also miss. All right. All right. He tried. His second spear gliding out and rattling against the stone wall of the mine as he yanks it back toward him. Perfect. With that, at the end of your turn, appearing directly behind Iavos is another swarm of nibblers. No. <laughs> Chittering their way towards their prey. I'm about to get nibbled, y'all. Oh. You're going to get in my crannies. <laughs> the nibblers surround Iavos, covering him. They cannot seem to make purchase with his flesh. Your constant flailing and moving is disrupting them. It's all them robes, baby. Thick robes. They don't know where they're biting. And the slick shifting of the protein armor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My skin's too loose. <laughs> <laughs> no. Wuxia, with your hunter's mark still intact, you were able to tell that Afris has gone through the door and out of the cavern. Desperate for some respite from the pain that you were putting on him. Bastard brothers making a break for it. Going down the hole. Penny, it's now your turn. Talk to me about this curse. How quickly am I turning to gold? The curse is different from you turning to gold. It is now the beginning of your turn. So you will need to make another constitution saving throw. That sounds like something I can do. How's an 11? Is that with Bless? Oh, I take that back. It's a 12. Mm. <laughs> Big money. Pawn me for something nice. (laughs) (laughs) Phone shop. With a 12, the gilding moves up your arm, onto your shoulder, down to your torso and legs. You are now solid gold. Oh, no. Laser buy-in. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, we all knew Penny was a treasure, but this is just that. <laughs> Iavos, it is your turn. Okay, well, I got fucking nibblers up my ass and standing in the shadow of a very wealthy golem. I would like to, as my mind wheels and turns, attempt an arcana check to having studied this golem for the past roughly 15 seconds. Try to ascertain what might work best to fuck it up. Sure. Put Bezos in the fucking toilet. Dirty 20. So you are well aware that this is a construct. Mm -hmm. So anything that hurts constructs. Like magic picks that we got from ghosts, right? Yes, that would be helpful. In addition, uh, thunder or force would probably break up some of the arcane strength that is holding those nuggets together. Fire we know is bad. Very bad. Not again. Never, never. Acid, poison, and psychic probably won't do much of anything. And something that is non-magical 
won't do much Straighter. either. I have I have the solution to my problems. Okay, great. None of us are attuned or proficient right now, but it is Iavos's goal to let the miners who have been suffering here get revenge against these cruel forces. So as he was carrying it, having identified it, he's going to lay down the magic pick, aim at the golem's chest, and catapult it at full force. <laughs> That is exactly what I was thinking, too. That is so cool. Out of loss of both me and Max just (laughs) nodding our heads. Do it. Do it. Using the spell catapult. Correct. I love it. (laughs) The golem needs to make me another dexterity saving throw. It rolled a 12. It has a plus zero. Mm. Here comes another third level spell, baby. Now... Can I substitute the initial dice damage of the spell for the bonuses of the pickaxe as a weapon? I would say yes. Because it's still 3d8, which is exactly the same thing anyway. Yeah, I would say absolutely. And you'll get a double on two of those d8s, if I'm not mistaken. Because it's force and against constructs. (sighs) So that is one, two, three, four, five. That's 78. (laughs) God. This one's for you, generous. 35 damage. Mm. Beautiful. Artwork. And while it is flinging, if you let me, I'm going to activate the other ability of the item to cast Locate Object on a pair of Golden Gauntlets. Oh, okay, fun. Uh, I'm going to say no, because you're not attuned to it. That's fair. I had to try to milk it for cool points. You know I had to. (laughs) Yeah. It actually does, but it's a different pair of golden gauntlets. Oh, no. This whole room's just full of gold gauntlets. (laughs) Gaspar, it is your turn. With gold coins embedded into his stump, a stalagmite embedded into his back, and pain all over his body, Gaspar is going to do a brave combat roll underneath the platform that Avarice used to be in, and in that jungle gym, attempt to hide. Okay. That is a 22 to hide from the Goldum. Uh, it has no idea you exist. Like children. No fucking, no object permanence. Yeah. Well, it's not right in front of me. Not real. Peek-a-boo. That is a 24 to hit. That will absolutely hit this big boy. It's good to hear. Good to hear. When you sneak attack a golem, do you cut its purse string? Mm. <laughs> that is 23 points of damage to it with a magical crossbow. I have us. I'm pretty sure on your turn, you picked its pockets. <laughs> nice. As the arrow sends a few golden nuggets flying into the air, Nepet is going to launch from within the golem. And almost like a mortar, make a perfect arch over Iavos <laughs> and land onto some nibblers. Perfect. <laughs> Save me, blood nerd. <laughs> <laughs> that is eight necrotic from the blood nerd. There is shrieking and wailing directly behind you, Iavos, as the majority of these nibblers fall down, eaten away from inside due to necrotic damage. Bless. I'm just saying the word bless, not the spell. 
It is going to be the Goldum's turn. He's going to use an ability called Coin Per Loin. <laughs> My loins! <laughs> it seems as though the pile of gold he's standing on gets smaller and he gets bigger. I don't uh, like that. And he will be able to only make one attack at you, Wusha. I might live. 18 to hit. Fuck. That hits. I might not live. You're going to take nine bludgeoning damage. Oh, I have six HP left. Yikers. <laughs> it's Goldham. It's going to haunt my dreams. That will make it the Nibbler's turn directly behind Iavos. Ten gold pieces if you can guess who they're targeting. His nibs. They won't find any meat on these bones. <laughs> they, rolled, they rolled a dirty 20. Mm, yeah. They will do five piercing damage to you, Iavos. As you avoided them entirely during a previous battle, the idea of these small claws scratching on your skin and their large teeth ripping away your tissue. No, my tissue. Makes you nauseous. Uh, I am going to roll a con save to maintain the bless that I am holding now that I've taken five damage. So DC 10. We good. As a reaction, I think I can take the five damage. So I'm going to use a first level spell slot to return to them the hearth fire of a hellish rebuke as my mother says don't bite my precious boy's ass <laughs> okay yeah normally the the gods of the withering acre have some pretty clever things to say but sometimes just don't don't bite don't, my boy's ass don't do that <laughs> stop you're the worst uh deck save from the pink lads Oh, it's coming out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to butt <laughs> They rolled an 11. Hey, that's good. That means they take both of the damage of dice. <laughs> 13 fire damage to the nibbles. They will absolutely fall down into a column of ash. Wonderful. I'm getting really, really good at incinerating these pink bastards. 100%. Wusha, as your compatriot burns his foe to a crisp, there is one large enemy left in the room. Getting bludgeoned across the shoulder, jaw, and chest fucking sucks. Wuxia is going to pop his arm back into socket and reach into his mouth and pull out a broken tooth. That's not coming back. I'm going to use Sea Wind first and foremost and regain six health. Buddy, baby, boy, buttery, baby, I'm at 12. You and me got a conversation to have. A stabby one. <clears throat> As I am going to... The sharp witticism. He's taking too many blows to the head. <laughs> Fourth quarter quips are always rough <laughs> yeah. in access quests. <laughs> He's going to leap at the Goldum with Ebb out and make a pair of attacks. Eh. Hell yeah. And I have Bless. So 25 against Stacey. 25 will absolutely hit. Hell yeah. I don't have him Hunter's Marked, and he ran away with my Hunter's Mark, so I can't change it to anything else. Oh, no. He stole it. <laughs> the bastard. That's a, oh God, it's not a ranged attack. That's eight damage from my first hit. I'm going to go in for the second one. 18 versus Stacey. 18 will absolutely hit. This is a very large, large boy. He's a big, chunky, nuggety lad. Roughly the broadside of a barn. Yeah. And if there's one thing I know, it's broadsides. That's going to be seven damage 
I just get the D6 from the spear. No Colossus? I can only do that once a turn. Yeah. Because Rangers, after tearing into its leg twice and scattering gold around me, I am going to stand over Penny's minerally form with my spears in my hand and glare my expensive death in the face. Penny, it is your turn. Stay golden. <laughs> we may be in a large chamber full of coins, but none of us are safe. <laughs> God damn it. Do you know how you refer to a gold golem? Hey, hey you. you. <laughs> Perfect. That's correct. That was great. Iavos, it is your turn. Hey, you. <laughs> I am going to... We're in a tight spot. Like, this is bad. Wuxia's on his lax legs. Gaspar is also hiding in the shadows. It's on his last out. leg. <laughs> I, heard, I heard lax <laughs> lags. And that's just, I mean, that's me every day. <laughs> yes. I'm absolutely on my last leg. You're 100% correct. You like lags? <laughs> uh, so, Iavos is digging deep into his uh, spell pool and using his last third level spell. And I can think of no better way to try to take down this golem before it kills all of my friends than a max level magic missile. <laughs> it seems to not like force damage very much, so. It doesn't care for it. It's not a fan. Nor will it be after this. Is this doubled? Yeah, you can, you can double it. Yeah, yeah. I will with permission. I feel like this spell is a good standard to uh, judge wizards by. Nope. <laughs> so where I was Don't going. do that. <laughs> That's not my best magic missile of all time, for sure. But because of the double, that's 26 force damage. Oh, outstanding. So with the magic missile, five darts, one after the other, breaking piece after piece off of this golem, the market crashes. Babe tried the trace, Nassler. <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> you got it, Paladingus. Sign my up for a tall slice of radical deep radicals. <laughs> I'm down to clown my butterscotch bosom. <laughs> Look, uh, Legal Steve. C- can I call you Legal Steve? You can call me anytime, my velvet drapery. <clears throat> Look, man, you're great. Really, just the best. You broke me out of the catheter castle, sampled me some of the freshest duds that have ever cradled my dreidel, and are just an all-around cool and supportive dude, but, uh... Ha! From downtown! Yeah, see, this is what I'm talking about. This whole frothing and gibbering shtick is getting old fast. Here, take my pen! Where are you getting these? Seriously, man, you gotta stop. When you messed yourself in the cream hut, I was like, okay, party foul. But... At least the paralegal beagle ain't all bark, you know? That ain't my wife, am I right? I honestly thought I had found the one here. The dude of prophecy. Destined to take me to the peak of shindiggery. But... Ha! 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 Icebox champion. I think we need to see other people. You couldn't be more right. Wait, two bros? I'm seeing Brubble! Oh my god, it's twinsies! One for the week and one for Sunday best! You really are something else, Deebles. A beacon of partitude. That's why we need you. Why the cosmos needs you. On scry. This isn't one of those mail-order cults, is it? 
The only reason the sisterhood of the lukewarm dad stopped calling me is because they think I'm still dead. <laughs> no way, brose. Just a good old-fashioned contract. <laughs> this bag of bones, blood, and blubber was supposed to explain it to you, but you broke him down before he get you to a private place. This is why you don't send a homunculus to do a man's job. Come on, Dirk. Let's talk shop. We're about to witness a planar phenomenon, a keyhole between worlds that only marketing can penetrate. Join me as we glimpse into the adverse. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com r-e-a-l-m now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash realm greetings adventurers today we're excited to introduce you to a new story dark dice a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama where the story is determined by the role of the dice six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the nameless god they will never be the same again one of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Death is part of life. Bravery is rewarded with legends, but bodies are simply burned or buried. Before you go building a burning pyre for your fallen ally, or scrounge together the coin for an expensive resurrection, consider donating their bodies to the Second Twilight Necromancy Foundation. Their bodies can be put to great service in the fields of research, components for powerful spells, and the creation of free, tireless labor to help improve and protect our homeland. 
Don't be deceived by the rumors of black magic. Donate your fallen friends today. The Second Twilight Necromancy Foundation. We put the ego in necromancy. Hey, all you cuties. Step right up and see the incredible weekly mid-roll. Right this way, one at a time, please. I just want to say thank you to everyone who's been joining the Discord lately. It's amazing how many new friends we're making, and it's amazing how cool the community is staying. If you want to find out how to get to that Discord, you can visit the LUQ.com. It also has links to everything else you need to know about the show. Social media, actors' bios, and of course, links to the Patreon, where you can support the show in the bestest way possible, with some cash money, because stuff costs money to make. At our highest tiers, you can make characters to join the battle axis and become part of the show's meta. Or you can be mentioned every week with your legendary mid-roll team. The current legendary mid-roll teams are the Twilight Concord, the Forgotten Legacy, the Ceaseless Horde, and this week's featured team, the Titans Rise, with Darth Mail, Evelet, and Roman, aka Big Boy Roy. Not to mention, you get a ton of other great D&D content, like maps from Golden Stylus or Season 1, monster stat blocks, images of character sheets from the show, or magic items. Join us every Monday on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash slapdash streams for live premieres of the LUQ hosted by Dungeon Mistress Dana. If you follow our normal Wednesday Pokemon Nuzlocke challenges, this coming Wednesday, which is the 1st of June, me and Zach are going to attempt to finish all of Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire in our twin lock to the best of our ability because the week after that begins Undermile, the vanguard below the garden, which I'm very excited to start running for four of my good friends and very talented players. To get a message on the show or for advertising opportunities, contact admin at slapdashstudios.com. Just a reminder, we don't currently have a P.O. box, so if you want to send us anything, you'll have to reach out on Discord to get more information until we have a new one set up. And as always, your quest is to go and tell some friends about LUQ. I'm sure a ton of you don't have any friends you haven't already mentioned it to, but in the off chance that some of you can think of someone, maybe a coworker, a school colleague, or even a new neighbor, just give it a shot. We'd love to keep growing and making this show for a long, long time. But that's enough out of me, let's get you back to the Battle Axis. This commercial is based on a suggestion from Alka on the LUQ Discord. Thanks, Alka. Welcome back, my lords. How went your questing? Good, I take it, from the viscera you're caked in and the untold riches you've amassed. Very good. Very good. Your rooms have been prepared. We've drawn your baths and laid out a change of clothes. Rest up. Dinner will be served at five bells. Help yourself to our impressive library, if you need to do any studying. Our resident smith is a master of their craft, and can tend to any repairs in your weapons or armor. The kind and skilled hands of the nurses in the infirmary will patch up any untreated wounds, and the lounge can supply you with your share of beverages in very loose moderation. Your trials are over. Enjoy your time off. And welcome back, as always. There's only one place to go when you want to enjoy your vacation between adventures in the lap of luxury. Go from pummeling to being pampered. Rest on downy goose mattresses. Sup on exquisite delicacies. Sip snifters of single malts and celibests. And enjoy all the amenities of Downtime Abbey. Downtime Abbey. Our bottling is beyond compare. You've never been so bottled in your life. <laughs> 
laying in front of you, your friend is solid gold. Your quarry has escaped to the next room. Iavos claps Wusha on the shoulder, channeling a second level cure wounds into him, saying, You two go after him. I'll see if I can help Penny. Oi. 16. What are the chances you can save her? I don't know, but I'll be right behind if I can't. In the gilded darkness, Penny hears a whisper. I choose poor avatars, things of mortal flesh. Promise me wealth, and I will set you free. What kind of wealth? Whatever you desire most. You simply want me to act on my own desires. Give me what you desire most. A percentage, nothing more. Your friends are dying. How do I know you're telling the truth? You don't. But money doesn't lie. Fine, yes. I agree to your deal. Iavos is studying the magic that has befallen Petty, digging through all of his knowledges and every page of his book to try to find some kind of answer, something he can do magically to either stop it or reverse it. Uh, you can roll an arcana, a religion, or a medicine check. They're all plus nine. Arcana, oops, cocked it on the D4s. Too many D4s on the dance floor. Uh, that is a 23. So you know this is some form of transfiguration magic. And you've heard tale of women with the hair of snakes. You've heard tale of large, giant snakes. You've heard tale of chickens that can turn people to stone. In every one of those instances, something as simple as a greater restoration spell or a blessing from the gods will heal them if you get to them soon enough. I don't have that much magic at my disposal, but I'll still start saying a prayer to my faith. Uh, what was it? What was it that you rolled? Arcana. So you're also going to know that there are artificers in the world and alchemists that have been able to recreate the effects with certain ingredients. Does is there any chance that the enchanted zinc nugget I have has any bearing on this? You don't think that the tin has anything to do with it. You do remember seeing lichen and mushrooms earlier. Those are the only things at your disposal in this uh, cavern. Other than the, the crystals, you don't believe that the crystals would do anything, but the lichen and the mushrooms would be the only thing that you didn't bring with you that would be able to solve this problem. You hear a groan of metal grinding against itself. As Penny begins to move. Are you corrupt? Are you under their control? The gold begins to recede, but it stops at her left shoulder. <sighs> Where is everyone? Is everyone okay? I don't know. They're chasing after him. It's said that you are in danger. Then let's go to them. 
I pull Penny to her feet, struggling at the weight of her metal arm. Your shield is nearby, but it's not in your hand, and you find that you can't open it properly. Penny levels her gaze at Iavos, looks to her sword and shield on the ground. She shuts her eyes, and both of them disappear, only to reappear in her hands. However, instead of grasping the shield in her golden arm, the two are now fused. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Wuxia, as you rush through the door in pursuit of Afris, you hear the twang of a tripwire. Oh, Please make a dexterity saving throw. Oh, Wuxia, that's an 18. Perfect. When you trigger the tripwire a natural vent opens up and expels the gas that you ran through previously. You were able to avoid this, and the pressure behind it dissipates, making it safe for Gaspar to pass through. Like I needed any more reason to think you were an arsehole. As you rush through the hallway, you pass one, two, three wooden doors, and you see Aphris, the gilded halfling, crouching on the floor, greedily chomping down on mushrooms as fast as he possibly can in a desperate bid to stay alive. You also quickly notice there are three other versions of him doing the exact same thing. Oh, damn it. What would you like to do? I am going to pick two of those versions of him and throw both of my spears at them as I'm running forward. At the same time? At the same time. Baller, please do so. That is an 18 and a 20. Excellent. One spear will go directly through one of the copies and the other will strike dead center into Aphris's armor. There we go. All right. D6 from my spear, D8 from Colossus Slayer. Let's go. 17. 17. He will shriek out in pain. Do you know how much I've sacrificed? Yeah. Wusha, <laughs> <laughs> is that the end of your turn? Running toward him as close as I can. As I approach, I'm shouting, I know how much you stole! Gaspar, what would you like to do? Room to the left, room to the right. Gaspar flips a coin in his head and goes right. Takes the hide action. For 25 to hide from Avarice. Uh, absolutely. He is focused on the large person in front of him. And therefore, he does not see the small piece of ammunition flying towards him. With Bless, that is a 21. Perfect. Go ahead and roll damage for me. All right. That is 28 points of damage. You are able to sidle into such an angle and hide that he does not notice you. From that vantage point, you take a second and hedge your bets. You aim in a straight line for two, knowing that if your ammunition misses, it will go through the first one and hit the second one. Hopefully, one of these is the true Aphris. As it turns out, you were right the first time. Your bolt 
pierces through his neck. No scream follows, only a subtle gurgling as he collapses to the floor, his golden breastplate clanging on the jagged ground. The illusory copies of him vanish. The sounds of Penny and Iavos's footsteps fall in behind you, and you two are able to see as the corrupted body of Aphris falls to the rocky ground. As his corpse goes limp, his skin begins to slough off, and his muscles seep down, forming small puddles in the uneven ground. This paragon of greed and betrayal is dissolving into a fetid ichor before your eyes. As the stench reaches you, you turn to avoid it and gaze at the abundance of golden nuggets he betrayed his people for. Before your eyes, the gleaming metal slowly turns from a rich yellow into a dark argent. A closer examination of the silver ore reveals it to be nothing more than common tin. There is now a golden breastplate and two golden gauntlets lying in a pool of what used to be Aphris. Looking around the room, you are able to see there are several bunks made of wood. There are several more piles of now tin nuggets. In the corner, you can see a bookcase, an elaborate four-post bed, and a writing desk with chair, as well as those three doors that you passed on your way in. Wusha will go pick up the gauntlets and the golden armor, look down and say, well, you can't take it with you. Mm. Turn around. Oh, Ben, you're up. Are you both okay? <laughs> Are you okay? I, I don't understand. Last time I saw you, you were complete and rigid, like an old stone. Oh, yes, I'm golden. I, I was told that you were in trouble. That's always a safe bet. We managed the trouble. I'm glad to hear that. Look, you were the wronged party here. You think we should do with this? Penny looks at the breastplate and gauntlets, and she's never looked so greedily at something before. Oh, we should take those with us. All right. Can't see no arm in that. I will uh, walk over and hand the three objects to Penny. (laughs) There is no way that Penny can hold all of those. (laughs) Shield as dish. (laughs) Oh, that's fair. Yeah, Penny sets the edge of her shield kind of against her waist and piles all of that onto it. I wish there was some way to bring some of this wealth to the head of the cave where the people outside could access it. Sure, it's only tin and not gold, but it was quite valuable to them. And they were struggling. That was the whole point of these mines. Upon further examination, you open one of the doors and you see the room is filled with halfling remains. Doing some quick math and remembering the manifest, you believe that not a single member of the village is now alive. Do the fumes that we know have vents throughout the mines, uh, do I think that it's flammable? Yep. 
If they're to be buried, they should be buried with all the wickedness of this cruel place. I say we take the whole thing down. As you continue to explore Aphris's chambers, one of the rooms is simply another vault for tin. The third is a storeroom, probably containing the leftover supplies of the Brodeer Mining Co. Anything and everything you could imagine that a halfling would want to gorge himself on during a feast is inside this room, hidden away from the workers, kept for Aphris himself. On the bookcase, you see a scroll of hallucinatory terrain, a scroll of glyph of warding, and a lockbox with 1,000 pieces of real gold. Gaspar would like to search for a key. There is a ring with several keys on it. We know what we must do to send these people off. It is written in their own manuscripts. I gesture to this room full of food, this larded feast. It's not what I desire, but I do want to bring them rest. Would you all join me in a feast to honor these hardworking people? I could eat. (laughs) It is the way of their people. I wouldn't want to be disrespectful. Anyway, if we uh, overindulge, there's that big beautiful bed right there we can take a little nap in. Then let us fill our bellies and our hearts. So before we feast, I'm going to cast a spell. I'm going to use the ceremony to engage a funereal rite to the lost souls in the mines as the fallow crown chows down on halfling hardtack and mining goodies. <laughs> I, pres- I presume they're all preserved. Well, there's, there's enough ingredients that if you would like to make something... Perhaps a stew. <laughs> you're you're more than welcome to do that. Any ingredient you could possibly think that a halfling would have is in this storeroom. Then a stew it shall be. <laughs> <laughs> I have an ability that I've never used before that might be appropriate for this situation. Because their funerary rites are meant to be a celebration. Is that right? 100%. Penny's background is called Maynad, which means reveler, loosely. And her background feature is called Komos. Your celebratory and joyful nature is infectious, and you know just the right ways to coax any social gathering until it erupts in revelry. While you are pulling together the ingredients to help coax these three into a celebratory mood, after the turmoil that they just went through. You find, hidden away on one of the shelves, your pipes, delivered there by a diligent nibbler. Next to them is the glass that was stolen from Iavos. My lens. Happy to have that back. I think you mean my lens. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. No, I will gladly collect those and return the lens of Ikshi. And while Penny's helping gather the food, I'm also going to keep my eye out for some bottles of a strong vintage something. Oh, 1,000. 1,000%. Would you like it to be still or sparkling? Would you like it to be red, brown, dark brown, tan, light, light yellow, dark yellow, purple? It's all going in the stew. (laughs) (laughs) The first keg you tap is gravy. 
<laughs> it's going in the stew. I like these halflings. Yes. Uh, after this long battle, Gaspar, Wusha, is there anything that you want to wet your whistle with or fill your bellies? Wusha is going to wait till the food is done to become uh, a diligent nibbler himself and partake in the halfling, you know, uh, uh, funerary rites and remembrances and things like that. But other than that, boy, howdy, is Wusha excited to just sit the fuck down. I'll take a nice tall glass of the sparkling purple gravy. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thick and bubbly. It's, it's black currant kvass. Ooh. Ooh. So you are able to take a breath. And as you rifle through the bookcase, double checking, you find ledgers that are calculating and tabulating the total amount of Aphris's treasure, hash and tally marks, notes on the weight and shape of every nugget, as well as a detailed accounting of every murder he committed and the profit and loss notes associated with them. You now have a list of every member of the mining company that was not given a proper burial. This makes you think of friends or family or strangers that you've met in your past that have also missed out on a proper send-off. It's a lot of people for Wusha. Then as we speak their names, we'll raise our glasses and fill our bowls and name them off one after the other, adding our own at the end of the list. As you toast and remember those in your past, spectral figures begin appearing in the space around you. Not the otherworldly cobalt you've grown accustomed to, but a rich, gleaming gold. Their eyes wide and their mouths agape, full of laughter. Shouting names and greeting friends, the shades laugh and hug. They lift steins of ale and legs of mutton, shoving hand pies into their mouths and cakes into the faces of others. You see Janris standing proud over his family, making certain they are all well-fed and have chairs when they become dizzy. The figures start to fade and flicker in and out of sight. They begin clapping and singing, and the younger ones start a jig. This is the halfling afterlife. Feeling confident that you have helped the victims of Aphris's cruelty find peace, you exit the chambers and find yourself surrounded by the familiar black of the battle axis and zenith. And as the skin of the axis opens to the bright lights of the battle center, there stand a small squadron of the Zenithal Guard. At their head, a chief investigator holding manacles. Gaspar Elifnot, you're under arrest for the murder of Catchfilian. I will only speak to my barrister. We are getting a signal. I repeat, we are getting a signal. Aspen, Aspen, are you there? Ha! Okay, I got her. Good gravy, that was the rough one. Guess she wasn't a fan of being observed by an audience and blamed me for it. Are you okay, Aspen? What's the situation? Well, Cory and Aneon went from heavy combat to heavy petting before they both decided to knock off down to the dressing room for a little bit of blow-off. Okay... 
Meanwhile, Gorsthanox, Tyrant of the Spoke of Nox, showed up and manifested some kind of Bigby's punitive hand to paddle what I can only assume was Exorndalisk's bottom. I can't say I approve of violence in parroting, but the Beholder community has never been known for their nurturing stance on child-rearing. And, uh, well, I guess the only thing standing between Nanael and the audience's divine judgment is, um, me, and I'm all out of spell slots. I have decided not to purge the sin of this place. (sighs) Well, that's something, at least. However, I cannot go back to the brass empty-handed. We could always finish the pageant. I'm sure Doug's around here somewhere. Oh, hey, look, two kinds of sliced cheese. Yep, there he is. Ew, no. An example must be made. A soul must be subjugated and cleansed of impurity. Oh, gods, let it be me. I have gazed into the dark void of many souls in my countless battles, but never have I seen one so full of taint as this croaking black pole of a man. Your soul will more than tilt the scales of judgment and fill my quota. Come, begreased one, your fate is now mine to dispense. Oh, no. So, what does that mean? I mean, it means that the Miss Zenith Tash belongs to the last lady standing. And I never divined in a thousand visions I'd ever be saying this, but the winner of the first ever Miss Zenith pageant is... Doug. Whoa, neat. Uh, what does that mean? Tell him what he's won, Bob. Why the lovely young Doug will be living large with a gift package sponsored by the Nexus Enterprise, including a year's supply of cosmetics from Elixir's fashion division. That's like clothes for my face, right? And all expenses paid astral cruise on the Wayfarer Prime, with swimming pools, dreaming pools, meal buffets, dance floors, crying chambers, and soul saunas for you and a guest of your choosing. Oh, um, cool. I'll probably just bring a Doug with me. And last but not least, access to a ninth level wish spell supplied by the Arcane Collective of Sigma Gina. Wait, seriously? That can't be right. Don't look at me. I just read the cue cards. Not all of us are pretty enough to be stuffed into a three-piece suit and put on scrub. This again, Bob? Huh. Well, um, that's not really... I mean, I can just make stuff, and I don't really want anything, so I don't really need a wish. I'll just give it to that guy, you. Hey, hey, you, in the fourth row, you. Have fun. At least the rise of a bully is upon us. Well, that was a big mess. Who would have thought that selecting a very small fraction of the population and judging them on stage based on looks and likability would end up being such a failed endeavor? Truly a lesson for the ages. See you next time, folks, right here on EXPN. The Experience. Spar. What did you do? I didn't do anything. I knew you had it in you. <laughs> I could see it in your eyes. It's a setup. <laughs> My goodness. You leave for one chapter and suddenly you're Mr. Murderbot. This can't what, take you anywhere. This is what you get for helping out a bunch of 
dead miners. It couldn't have been Gaspar. He was with you the whole time. <laughs> Wasn't there he? was no gap uh, in in the quests. I'm so sorry, Gaspar, but if you wanted a penny to lie for you, this is the wrong one. <laughs> Good news, though. Uh, Wuxia has a deep and hidden background as a just excellent defense attorney. Oh. Yeah. He, he specializes right. in maritime law. <laughs> 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 the law offices of Wu Shan Sha. <laughs> we'll bring you home. What was our favorite moments from this show, this episode? My favorite moment, hands down, was the uh, afterlife of the people that we saved, which in my head is called Valhalla. <laughs> there, that was actually a really beautiful description. It like, was I was, I I was feeling some emotion in it that was scene. Hell yeah. yeah. It was a nice, like, release from all of the scenes of trauma that we got to experience on yeah. the way here. I mean, yeah, everything kind of coming to a nice, tidy end, you know, bringing back all the things we've uh, touched on in the first few episodes. Let's see. what There has to be one outstanding little moment for me. I don't know. I uh, God, it's me getting beat up every time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like loving just the description of sh- uh, redistribute the wealth because mm. you could just imagine all the gold shifting to the rocket arm mm-hmm. yeah. and then blasting. It was such a good description. It was like, yeah, it, it was tasty. A little too much damage, Dan. Come on. <laughs> it was a lot. I have it a quick a question. How close was everyone other than Penny to death? I was at six HP at the cool. lowest. Yeah, single digits. Cool. Um, after the nibblers came and bit my buns, I was down to a little under half. So I had more. Oh, than, you were just, fine. Yeah. I did yeah, the yeah. best I could to avoid death. I mean, that's still like single digits for Iavos. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was actually about to double check. I was the only one that went down, right? Yes. Yeah. That's not bad for our score, but we were maybe a little sloppy at a couple points. Yeah. And I mean, we got deducted one point off of our. Um, that's like 0.25 of our average right there for just one down. So mm-hmm. it's big. I like I, I I'm I, reluctant to go with the penny scene, but the the whole gold thing and then kind of the the on the, the fly um, speaking to this god of greed that uh, Zach actually kind of spun up. Yeah, sorry if I stole your thunder there. I was just like, no, I gotta that's come all right. Something that's totally fine. The the god exists. He's a thing that's there. You guys, while you were exploring, rolled to the point where you didn't find his altar, mm-hmm. which is creepy. So I don't know. You know, I'll tell you about it later. What was the god's name again? Kobiza. I believe it's. Uh, I believe it's pronounced Kobitha. Uh, <laughs> it, it is. It is. It very well could be. It's a party city. Yeah. The there were a couple things that rolls happened that you guys didn't go to. Um, are we? Are, can I throw out? An MVP? Are we doing uh, that? Well, right? Law needs his first. I mean, I was also going to say the just the fun names of the abilities for this key villain, <clears throat> the big pile of money. Goldem. Yes, the Goldem. Also, if if this is an underground cavern full of dead bodies, does that make all of this cryptocurrency? Mm. Oh. So that was the thing. Like, all the names were so good and so clever, but like, I'm like dying on the floor and everything's really funny. <laughs> True. I liked that Dan didn't pull any punches on us and this is full of good consequences for D&D actions. Oh, yeah. It's very refreshing uh, every time we have a new kind of mind at the table to show us like just a fresh breath of fresh adventuring air. Daddy Dan says no a lot. <laughs> 
my 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 just favorite moment in this is just how well this went. Like, I mean, anytime mm-hmm. I bring a new person to be DM, I'm just like panicked because I'm like, oh god, I don't know if they're gonna do a terrible job. But so far, the two people who have done so fucking well are right here. So I'm very happy to have you guys here and doing all this good work. Um, I definitely I, loved doing the greed spirit. Thing. Yeah, and I I like that this is an access quest with a guest DM, but there's. You know, there's some long-term consequences that are come out of it. And it's just neat because it all builds a story. Uh, Dan, like, months from now is going to listen to our show and be like, yeah, I did that to her. <laughs> That's my signature. The moment I, you were turning to gold, I was like, oh, yeah, gold arm's going to be too fucking cool to say no to. I know. <laughs> like, like, it was oh, actually yeah. because it happened, like, right at the end of last episode and we had that 10-minute break, Zach and I were just like, you know, on, on break and just like, wouldn't that be cool if this stuck around? Yep, 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 yep. Zach, I was panicked as well. So that's mutual. Good. Uh, I'm very excited for you to learn about the tin that you found. Mm. Me the, too. The, oh, the magic tin. That's what yes. I'm most proud of, to be perfectly honest with you. I, I just really like the Dan Cave overall. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you. The Dungeon. The Dan Cave. The Dungeon. The Dan Cave. The Dan Cave. Like a man cave. Yeah. It's Dan Cave. It's a Dan Cave. Okay. We moved from a Dungeon into the Dan Cave. I mean, they're both. Yeah. It's all good. There's a lot of. There's a lot of good Dan puns. Both of them full of danger. The danger is Dink. So, yeah. Everyone, make sure to go check out Dan's website, danscaped.com. <laughs> oh yeah, you absolutely should. You have a very nice, like, quaffed beard right now. By the way, it's Thank remarkable. Much. I absolutely braided it and put in a bead. I know, specifically because we were filming. Oh, yeah, you did. This filming. is we're filming. Yeah, was not informed. Uh, symbol of Tyre, God of War, on my beard. Hell yeah! I want to. Th- can I do MVP? Yeah, please. I want to give it to Max. Mm. Oh. A lot of the panic came from Max's killer moves. If <laughs> mm-hmm. if you. this little Afris guy had been pulled this last time, it would have been done. Yeah, everything would have stopped. We would have we would have like lost an entire episode of content. <laughs> but yeah, the the first time you did it changed the entire encounter. The second time. He beat you by one, and it would have dropped the Goldum. The Nibblers would have scattered. Penny would have immediately turned back. Everything would have been fine. There would have been a feast and a lot of dead air. So he gets MVP for doing well, but not good enough to end the <clears throat> quest. Okay, for, so for, for for scaring me and giving me heart palpitations, it was very exciting <laughs> for me. But if he had dropped, the, the Goldum would have dropped too. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, my instincts were right. I just rolled shit. So Max has to get to a game. So I'm going to go around the table real quick and introduce everyone. God, you know my name is Max. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, but this is also the last episode of the chapter. So plug yourself. Fuck yeah. I plug myself regularly. My name is Max Hobbs. I play Wusha Brineborn, the Wandering Tide. You can find me on a help action. You can find me on the LUQ cast page. And you can find me in the fucking, um, I don't know, in like a Safeway or something. I go grocery shopping. <laughs> but yes, we added Max to the cast page. Check out his link tree. I love that you posted the picture of me with the fish shirt on. Good call. I'm Angelo Kaluag. I play Gaspar Aleph Not, the headless rogue of the Phantom subclass. I don't know. Don't find me. Maybe. You, you, you can shout me out in the LUQ Discord. I am Dana Ebert. You can find me online as Mistress Dana RPG. 
By the time this airs, both Room for Everyone and Only Dan's D&D will probably be wrapping up, at least the sections that I'm in. Uh, but I have a lot of other fun projects coming up this year, so make sure to follow me. My name's La. I'm playing Iavos Isadora, the scion of the Withering Acre, and I'm still just creative director of Slapdash, here for the fun and enjoying the new adventures we're going on. I'm Zach Barkas, temporary not dungeon boy and uh, technical director for Slapdash Studios. I want to thank Bree Golden for all three of these gorgeous maps. Very, very good maps. Um, I also want to thank Hedegar the Editor for editing these very difficult. Ep- these are going to be rough ones for this boy, but that's okay because they sound really good. There's good, amazing content. They're just going to be complicated because we did a lot of goof em ups. Um, and I want to have one more opportunity to introduce our guest DM. The man who made you a dungeon orphan for the day. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. My name is Dan Smith. I run a company called Puzzling Package Industries. You can investigate us on the internet at puzzlingpackage.com. We will send you a cardboard box filled with handmade goodies that will delve you into a narrative whirlwind and give you some puzzles to solve. And at the end of it, you will have an amazing handmade artifact to stick on your mantle or your shelf. And it's going to be a pretty cool looking thing. Uh, there's an option to click on and look at spoilers. I recommend not looking at the spoilers, just buying it. And then I'm also on Instagram at Paladan underscore 77. Which is a great username. <laughs> where uh, I have some Lego creations that I've started doing. Yeah. Uh, many of them are Dungeons and Dragons themed. I assume the 77 is because you were born in 1977 because you're old. The 77 <laughs> is 100% because of numerology. Uh, and two sevens is good for other things. We don't need to get into it. <laughs> That's just science. Well, also, I was not born in the 70s. Clearly you were. Zachary. <laughs> Cl- clearly you were. <laughs> I know. Dan, Dan's not a day over 50. Um, so... <laughs> I want to thank you all again for coming. Uh, please check out the LUQ.com and all of our other stuff. We got projects coming up that you would not even fucking believe that I could not be more excited about. But until next time, we wish you luck. Yeah.